Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Overshare. This is their show where I, Tiana, come to Overshare. And Jeffrey, you know, he does his thing. He just is laid back and plays video games. It's kind of what he does. While I ramble into the void. Uh, For the few of you who reached out during the hiatus, thank you so much for missing me. I really appreciate that. That validates my deep, deep sense of insecurity. So thank you for that so much. Everything was fine, though. No need for alarm. When there's a week hiatus like that, we just, um, we got out of town. We got out of Dodge, which felt really good. Seriously. It was like the first time in six months. And the last time we went out of town was for a funeral, so not super fun, necessarily, per se, right? So, you know, we had to get out of here. We're going stir crazy in the house. Uh, Jeff and the kids had already taken a little trip out there. We go to Palm Springs to visit family fairly frequently. Kind of nice out there. Of course, it's kind of silly for us in a way because usually when people take family vacations, they try to like leave the type of ecosystem or type of area that they live in. Like, I live in the city. I should go out to the country. I live in the forest. I should go to the beach or... I live at the beach. I should definitely go in the mountains, you know. I mean, mix it up a little bit, right? That's the idea. But we just go from desert to desert, just like strip malls to strip malls, old people to old people. That's what we do, okay? But it is very nice out there. Jeff's family has a house that they use as a rental home, and sometimes it is unoccupied. And during such times, especially when it's very, very hot and people don't tend to uh, necessarily rent as often, we like to scoop on in there with the family, you know? be be there together and hang out with the in-laws, have the kids have some grandparent time, have the kids have some time with their aunt and uncle, uncles now, because our, uh, our sister is engaged. Super exciting. Woo-hoo. So yeah, lots of fun, fun family time. So, um, you know, and we also had kind of a social distancing party for uh jeff's grandfather who turned 95 95 years old it was interesting trying to explain to aiden who's about to turn five how old opa is you know how old 95 is because 95 is super fucking old as very old yeah. once i was able to explain to him how close 95 was to 100 that it was as many years as he is alive one two three four five that close to being 100 years old that impressed him that really got that that got his five-year-old almost five-year-old brain really going he was thinking about that so he's got his own birthday coming up i'm gonna have to get creative about that i've watched a lot of my mom friends troubleshoot and come up with some really cool fun ideas for their kids birthdays during these present months where we are all trapped and we cannot just you know, in good conscience, put a bunch of children together in a bounce house where they will inevitably lick each other and do other weird things and somehow all come out with, like, malaria or something weird. So, obviously, in the age of COVID, you're just begging for them all to, like, come out all COVID-y from the bounce house or the ball pit or whatever other gross activity we've all deemed as parents for some reason is okay. Smells weird in there, but we're just going to look the other way. We're going to hold our nose and sniff the other way. It'll be fine. Not pay attention to how it smells like dead squirrels and feet inside the place where we are letting our children play. It's fine. They'll be fine. They're face down in a rubber mat that probably hasn't been cleaned in eight years and has seen about 300 parties. It's fine. So, yeah, that environment, something that all the parents are trying to avoid. 
uh, in this moment especially. So we'll have to come up with something creative. Little Aiden has been in typical true five-year-old form. Very, very much looking forward to birthday number five. You know, it's one of those, that it's that age where they really start to get it. They're like, it's my fucking birthday, bitches. It's always interesting to see that children get to really embrace that. As adults, I feel like it starts to become more of a tell about your personality. You know what I mean? It's like people who are a little too excited about their birthdays. It's like, okay, calm down. No one cares that much. Like, we all have birthdays. Relax. And then they're, you know, you know the people I'm talking about, like 85 posts on Instagram. Like, it's my birthday, y'all. Those people. Like every single, they've got like 85 updates on their stories and it's all about their birthday. Yeah, those people. They tell everybody for like a week or maybe even the full month that their birthday is coming. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I was making all that up. Those people, those people are a little much. Just screams high maintenance, right? What are you going to say? What are you going to do? And then there's the people who are super low key, like kind of almost annoying about it. They're just like, no, fuck it. Fuck my birthday. Fuck life. Fuck being on the earth. It's all bullshit anyway. Which, to a degree, I do understand the cynicism. I deeply relate, my friends. But at the same time, like, come on. Give it a day. Have a day where you drop trying to be, like, so debonair about your lack of care and interest in your own existence. And just for a moment be like, yay, I exist, whores. This is awesome. Fuck you guys. I'm alive. Woot, it's my birthday, right? So yeah, I have a little bit of it, but it becomes a balance, I find, when you're an adult, to not be that weird person about the birthdays. I've noticed that people are very, very specific on social media about their birthdays, right? Not just with the showiness, but then there's other people who have the opposite. Also on social media, they will not allow people to post on their timeline for their birthday. Not allowed. I don't want to hear your well wishes, okay? I don't care. I don't want to be reminded that I'm getting older. That's nothing about that makes me happy. Those people. Those people kind of bum me out. Because sometimes I just want to say, hey, happy birthday, friend. I'm glad you're alive. I think you're neat. Pretty neat. I think neat is an underrated word. We should just start calling people and things neat again. Now it's just like people think of that as like clean only. Nobody thinks of it as cool anymore. But sometimes things are just neat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, the International Space Station, that's pretty neat. I'm not going to lie. Pretty neat. So we have to get excited about these things, guys. You got to still have that childlike wonder and excitement. I think that's one of the reasons of the all of the ills of social media. I really like Instagram the best. Typical, typical visual person. But to me, there's a little bit more of a celebration of life going on on Instagram Almost to an annoying point. People are like, oh my God, look at my coffee. Oh my God, can you believe this bathroom and this restaurant? It's so interesting. Did you check out this sandwich? I can't believe all the avocado that's on this sandwich. Look at this thing my kid did. Look at this project they made. They made another project at school today. They made 85 projects at school today. Here's 85 pictures of all their projects on separate posts. Those people? Yeah. Super excited about everything. Everything. Everything has just got them jazzed jazzed about life and it's all right I'm all right with it you know what I mean it's aspirational that's the thing about Instagram no one's really putting their real life out there most people are not right you've got those few people who are like look at me I'm ironic I'm putting my real life on Instagram cool neat you know whatever 
I technically am fully on board for this aspirational world. I like that. I like creating a world for yourself and being like, this is where I live. I don't live in the harsh reality that's been handed to me. I live in a world of my own making that I create and I filter it heavily, heavily, heavily do I filter it in order to seem glossy and happy and like everything's smooth. Because you know what? As dishonest as that seems, it's actually one of the most honest things that you could possibly do because it's not like you go to work and you're just like, Hey guys, how's it going? And they're like, no, we're, we're doing all right. How are you? And you're like, I'm good. I'm just uh, getting divorced. Probably I'm in massive crippling debt. Um, I hate our boss and pretty much everybody who works here. I just had diarrhea in the bathroom. Uh, how are you guys doing? And if you do answer that way, when your coworkers ask you that your coworkers hate you just so you know, that's not a thing that you do. What do you do? What do you do when your coworkers say, oh, we're doing great. How are you doing? You just say, doing great. Doing great, buddy. Sometimes through gritted teeth. I'm doing fantastic. I don't hate you or this conversation at all. I'm just fucking fantastic, friend. Right? It's what we all do. So in a real way, although everybody says Instagram is super fake, it's actually being pretty real. That's what we all do at all times. You know what's not real? Facebook. Facebook is where we all get to be a three-year-old and just be like in bewildered by the most annoying things. Like not good bewildered and excited, like bad. Confused. Confused by things that we all know. Okay, one of my personal pet peeves lately when I'm scrolling through Facebook is how many of my friends are confused about the fact that people are assholes. I'm, I don't understand. You've lived on this earth for long enough. You're an adult, right? You, you pay bills, you have a job or had one before all this shit happened, right? You hold down reasonable functional relationships sometimes. You pass as an adult, friend, and you should definitely know by now that people, there are a lot of people that suck. Just there are a lot of assholes out there. If that's news to you, then I am very sorry. But taking to Facebook and being like, I just cannot believe people. I cannot believe what jerks people are. It's just gotten me to the point where I'm like, what? how's that helping anyone? I guess it's a venting session for you. But, I mean, don't you have like a friend you could call? Like a, a dog or a cat you live with or, you know, a family member who's willing to put up with like 10, 15 minutes of that before they tell you to move the fuck on with it? Something like that. Find someone like that because on Facebook, it's just kind of a barrage right now of people being like, I just don't understand why people are people. Why are people people? And you're like, because they're people. All right. They're narrow minded. They're stupid. They only see things their own way. They've got their own lens. That's they're comfortable with their lens. They don't want to fucking change because why would they? They're comfortable being stupid. They're happy. They're happy being a jerk. Don't stop being bewildered. If you're bewildered, they win. You're walking around like an idiot being like, I can't believe it. I just don't understand it. Scratching your head. Why? Move the fuck on with your life. And there's a lot of whining on Facebook in general, though. There's a lot of negative, toxic vibes on Facebook. A lot of arguments on Facebook, right? Not that that shit doesn't go down on Instagram. It does. I'm not stupid. I see it. I see that shit happen. It's just not quite as dense. It's just not as dense. And also, it should be said that some Instagram fights are hilarious. Like, hill fucking areas. Okay, so, for instance... 
I had no idea how massively aggressive the bow game was until I got on Instagram. So being on there to promote my Etsy shop, I start following all these other Etsy shops. And it turns out there's a lot of bored white housewives who make bows and sell them on Etsy and other various online shops. And they are aggressive with each other, y'all. Like nasty about like this picking the same fabrics or having the same designs. Like you're stealing my designs. This person's a hack. This person has no talent. They don't know how to make a bow. They wouldn't know what a good bow was if, a, if it got shoved up their asshole. They have no idea. It's like it's intensely aggressive. <laughs> I cannot tell you how and so amused I have been by how mad they all get about the bow shit. So sometimes Instagram fights are amazeballs. That's all I have to say about that. Go through my Facebook feed and I'm just like emotionally exhausted. You know? I really wasn't even somebody who was going to join social media at all. I didn't join any kind of social media platform until four years ago. And typical of me, the only reason I joined was to be promoting my art and self-promote. That's it. I was like, oh, it's a promotional tool. It took me that long to realize that. Yeah. Because before that, it was a lot of like the photos of the sandwiches and the lattes and like endless, endless pictures of your kids and the things that I was citing earlier. That's kind of what I was observing secondhand when looking at other people while they were on social media. And I thought, my God, that seems boring. Why would I ever want that? I don't need to see 85 pictures of my high school friends' kids who I will never meet. I don't care. Right? I'm sorry. I wish them well. I hope their kids are well. I hope they all live happy lives. But I don't care about the 85 pictures. Not even a little bit. And I can't even pretend to. So, you know, I would bring that stuff up and Jeff would just be like, you just got to keep scrolling. If it's not interesting, you just keep scrolling. I was like, man, it seems rough. It's like, yeah, your life's boring. Just keep going. Oh, look, this person's latte is kind of interesting. Yeah, fuck your kids. Keep scrolling. I mean, that seems harsh. But... After a while, you kind of become numb to it, I suppose. I did eventually join, as I'm saying. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, like, Etsy shop thing, you know, while I'm in between work and try to keep myself busy making creative things. That would be kind of fun, too, to make something that was not commissioned by someone or, like, collaborative art with other artists. Just me. Just me. By myself, making shit and selling it and seeing if anybody wants it. Spoiler, no one does. No, I'm, ju I'm just kidding. I've had some sales it's not like bonanza by any means but you know there's some sales here and there I do better in like a festival format where people can see my shining personality can shine through right otherwise not really my thing the social media you know I try to share more and more about myself this year I've been a little bit more raw I think we all have so I've definitely had moments where I've just snapped and actually been myself on social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't usually go well when you're not being, as I call it, glossy. Gotta be glossy. Then everybody loves you. So that's my lesson. That's my social media lesson, depressing as it is. And it's difficult, and it's not easy being a female either. It's really not. I mean, I am completely aware that if I just I don't know painted in a bikini or got my lips done and my breasts done and just like posed excessively constantly for selfies that I could get way more likes or more followers you know just based on 
tits and ass and much less on talent. That is definitely an Instagram thing, 100%. And it's a bummer sometimes, but then again, it's not like a bummer I'm not used to. I mean, pretty much as a female, I walk around with the knowledge that I could get paid much more to be a stripper for most jobs that I do. And I have a master's degree, mind you. So most jobs that I get, I could definitely get paid more at like a high-end strip place, just invest in some boobies, you know, go for it. But I don't have enough childhood trauma to make that work for myself. So sorry. Sorry to all my stripper listeners. I doubt there's anybody who's listening who strips, but it's not really not really something that I feel comfortable with. What can I say? Not going to strip my way through Instagram. Strip my way to the top of the IG. You know, I got to actually do my art. Got to actually put myself out there. Talk about my thoughts and feelings. Share just enough about my life and my kids to have like the people who know me on there be like, oh, look, the kids. But otherwise, I don't really like sharing much. But I was always late to the game with this stuff, like social media. Always late to the game with that stuff. I was the same way with getting a cell phone and getting a pager, all that kind of shit. Yes, I'm old enough to where I had a pager because it wasn't a thing yet for people to have cell phones, at least not young people, like kids. Our parents had cell phones that were like the size of a shoebox that like plugged directly into our cars. But we did not walk around with cell phones like in our pocket, casual, like that wasn't a thing. That's how old I am. Dinosaur-like. What can I say? Anyways, just being silly. But I did really resist all that shit. And it's for the same reason. I mean, I don't want to hear from you. I know. That sounds terrible. I do love people. And I push through this part of my personality because I do love them. And then once I'm interacting with certain people, I'm like, I really like that. I like that person. That person makes me feel good. But generally, my gut reaction to all humans is, oh, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like a cat like that. You know, sort of, <sighs> you're disgusting. So, thinking that people could just contact me or reach me because they, like, love me and care about me and want to know where I am or when I'll be places, that was just horrifying. It was a horrifying thought. I had to lean into that shit eventually, just like I had to lean into the social media just to promote my art. This is it. This is growing up in the age of technology, though, people. What can I say? You know? And I, it's affected my artwork as far as how, what mediums I use. I remember when I was just a kid, I was using Corel Draw. So anybody who's old enough will remember that reference. I had a computer in my room, which was, I was one of the first kids to have a computer in my room in my town. That was a big deal. My own computer. And it ran on MS-DOS. Yes. MS-DOS. I had other, I had all kinds of creative stuff. I also had like a Barbie makeover uh, software. That was very important to me. Barbie makeover software. And this like American girl weird thing where you could actually put on plays I know that sounds funny but you could like pick the background and then pick the girl and pick the storyline and it had a little script and it was all very paper like almost like paper dolly kind of a style but it worked and I liked it because it was kind of like a theater thing so that was totally my gig and I was into it so for all of these things sometimes I'd come into technical issues you know and I would not know what to do 
So luckily the boxes for these games, for the floppy disks, they would have a number to call. So I would call and I would get some very bored computer software programmer who would just be sitting there waiting for such a call. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I cannot get this Barbie to wear this wedding dress. I just, every time I put it on her, turns into the wrong dress. I really want the wedding dress, right? That kind of a thing. And some, I'm presuming like 40-something-year-old dude would just walk me through going into MS-DOS and finding the correct line of code that corresponded to my little game and changing that out so that my software would work correctly again. I could access the thing that I wanted to access, like the stupid wedding dress. You know, and that guy got paid to do that. That's pretty cool too, right? So that was my first experience with coding and with working with technology and trying to get creative results with digital, you know, tools. And that's still very much the way that I work. It's the way that I do all of my designs for theater. I do all of my concept renderings digitally. I find that it allows me to mold and shape and change the drawing along with the process because it's not a permanent thing. It's not like, oh, well, I designed it. We're done. I mean, there's changes in budget and changes in, in the needs of the show. And um, your drawings should be able to reflect that while you're still in the design phase and, and working through that. So I like the digital medium for that. I find that it's a little more workable that way. And I've also been using it to create my pieces called Through Jude's Eyes that I've been doing for several years now, which any anybody who follows me on social media, Tiana T. Design on Instagram and um, on Facebook as well, you can see all of my Through Jude's Eyes pieces. They are my way of taking my artwork and trying to create a lens where we can see how Jude experiences the world differently than neurotypical people. Neurotypical people being people who don't have some kind of uh, neuro difference like being having Down syndrome or ha having autism or some such sort of example, right? Neurotypical people. Uh, like you and I, folks. No, I don't know. I don't know if you're listening, if you're neurotypical or not. Um, and by the way, when you're talking about me, that's a stretch. That is a hard stretch calling me neurotypical for sure. Just putting that out there. So I try to create these pieces and I try to figure out how I'm going to explain to the world what my mostly nonverbal child sees and thinks and feels and how it's kind of like an explanation to myself too, what he thinks and sees and feels because the child is a mystery. He is often a mystery. And he finds, you know, all kinds of little things interesting. And I love documenting that through the pieces, too. He finds all kinds of little things interesting. Poor. Oh, Jude, he is a very good-looking little boy. I mean, I know every mother says that about their child. But, like, legit, he's a really good-looking kid. And this child is just going to confuse the fuck out of a bunch of little girls and boys for his whole <laughs> His whole life. You already see it happening. Little girls will see him on the playground. They'll be like, oh, he's he's kind of cute and he seems about my age. I should go check out what his deal is. So they start following him and trying to talk to him. And, you know, he'll give them a word or two because he's been taught that that's what's polite. But not really so much. And really almost no eye contact. And then at a certain point, he just kind of checks out and he'll be like, listen, no shade. But I'm way more interested in shaking this chain link fence and listening to the sound that that no dogs sign makes than I am talking to you. You are not interesting at all, bitch. 
So move it along. Move it along to the next little boy, Keho. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's not rude about it. He doesn't really say anything. He just kind of ignores them, you know, and focuses on the sign shaking. That is the priority. Priority is the sign shaking. You know, he's that's what he's my little guy. He's gonna he's gonna find his little ways to break some hearts no matter what. What can I say? So it's kind of fun to use my artwork to explain these things and to explore these things. And I do find that it's therapeutic for me. And um, it's interesting to find that being a visual artist can be something that's therapeutic for me and helpful to other people to just sort of understand the spectrum experience or helpful to communicate uh, basic things like, hey, this is where the scenery goes. (laughs) This is what things are going to look like. So I do really enjoy uh, working in a medium where I work with communication. I think that's what I'm enjoying about this podcast as well, is working with communication. So I'm glad that you all have tuned in. I'm glad you guys uh, stuck with me after my brief hiatus. I mean, the pressure of this podcast is way too intense. It is way too much for me to say absolutely nothing to absolutely nobody. Too much pressure. I just needed a break, guys. So... Thank you for tuning back in to Overshare this week. And please do turn tune in next week where my special guest is going to be my very good friend. And you might even say almost like a sister, Maris, Miss Maris Carmichael. Maris and I go way, way back to childhood. I know I say with a lot of my friends that we go way back, but um, I have to say that with Maris, it's pretty far back. Yeah, it's all the way to being like eight or nine years old. But um, that's when we first bonded, when we first discovered that we were both weirdos. And we decided that we would go on the rest of our lives being weirdos together. So tune in to hear a little bit about that, about uh, what the life of a misfit is like, because we're very informed on that subject. In the meantime, uh, this has been Tiana. That has been Jeffrey. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and especially remember that love always wins. All right. Bye, guys.